0: Let me welcome you to another Beyond the Benchmark uh, podcast. My name is Stefan Gerlach. I am the chief economist of EFG Bank, and I'm standing in for our chief investment officer Mossabzal, Zal, who's away uh, this week. Today we will talk about the Swiss National Bank, the SNB, and monetary policy here in Switzerland. And our guest is Ivan Lengwiler, who is a professor of economics at the University of Basel in Switzerland. He has a long standing real world interest in financial markets and the financial sector. And he was a member of the board of the Financial Market Supervisory Authority in Switzerland, called FINMA, between 2012 and 2019. He is a member of the investment committee of several pension funds. And he's also the founder of the SB Observatory, which aims to promote a constructive public debate about the Swiss National Bank and monetary policy in Switzerland. And to do that, the S B Observatory publishes reports and commentaries on monetary policy issues. In the interest of transparency, I must say that I am one of the three members of the SB Observatory and I participate in producing uh, these reports. So perhaps without further ado we will we will uh, turn uh, directly to to my first question let me start by asking you about the S B Observatory. Why did you decide to start this and to found this um, this new uh, think tank?
1: Well, I felt that there was a very little public discussion uh, in Switzerland about SMB politi- uh, policies. Um, it was not out of a feeling that the SMB was doing bad monetary policy or anything like this, but I feel that the SMB code goes a little bit too unchallenged in this country. That is problematic on the one hand from a democratic point of view. And I would say it's probably also not very robust in the long run if such a powerful institution can act with very little effective accountability. Tell us a little bit about
0: sort of the background to this in Switzerland. Does the S&B have, a, have a, a, an easier ride than central banks in other countries, for instance, the ECB in the euro area or the Bank of England in the UK or the Fed in the US? What is the public Debate like here in Switzerland.
1: Yes, uh, my feeling is that uh, that uh, that there is very little public debate about the SMB. The SMB is viewed by some politicians and some media as uh, quasi sacred in a way, and uh, I mean honestly, it has done a, a decent job. But um, but the SMB is hardly ever challenged in a serious way the smb does report in parliament uh, uh, regularly but even there the challenges seem to be very limited so the smb overall i think has a much easier ride so uh, let's turn to this issue of the smb being um, accountable
0: to parliament and reporting to parliament how is that sort of carried out that uh, reporting is it for instance like in the united kingdom the senior uh, the governor and the senior most staff of the bank of england is being Taken uh, or is is testifying uh, before uh, parliamentary committees that are available. The broadcast of these things are available, I think, even in real time. If not, they're available afterwards and it's public record and so on and so forth. How is that done here in Switzerland?
1: Yeah, well, so the SMB um, uh, does report to parliament, to parliamentary commissions, but uh, these discussions are not for the public. The public cannot see them. Uh, There is no uh, um, minutes of these uh, being published that are available to the public. This all stays within parliament and the the parliamentary uh, uh, committees. So
0: this is effectively... the accountability doesn't sort of reach the public; only the elected. Yes. You mentioned that you felt that uh, the S and B's uh, record as a central bank uh, is in fact uh, is in fact quite uh, quite strong. Uh, could you elaborate on that a little bit?
1: Well, I mean, the S and B has. Um has uh, kept inflation more or less uh, in check. I mean, when we look back uh, since the global financial crisis, it had a little bit of a problem because inflation was actually too low. We had um, uh, significant amounts of time with negative inflation and inflation was hovering for 12 to 15 years. It was hovering around 0%, um, which is hardly price stability even by the definition of the smb but overall the smb has done a very decent job in keeping inflation in check um so i think you know the smb has done a, has done a good job in other countries uh, having inflation around zero
0: has been seen as a as a problem and central banks for instance the fed and the ecb have been uh, quick to point out that that inflation rate or inflation can be too low and if it is too low they, um, uh, they feel that they have to push it up towards their their targets uh, uh, first of all, what is the snb's uh, objective for inflation and w- uh, why or to what extent did it feel having inflation of effectively 0% Uh, was a problem.
1: Yeah, so um, the SMB is free to define what price stability means and it has chosen to define price stability as annual inflation over the medium term between zero and two percent. This is significantly lower than many other central banks, uh, uh, how other central banks define it. It has become sort of a global standard to define price stability as annual inflation of two percent, so a point target now why is it a problem to have too low inflation the problem is that when the the central bank needs to ease monetary conditions it has to lower interest rates and if the long-term interest expectation is say one percent or even zero percent there is very little room to maneuver so essentially the the smb has met the the lower bound uh, in a more harsh way and earlier than other central banks, because its long-term inflation was so low, the SNB could have had uh, um, uh, more room to manoeuvre if it had uh, shot for, say, two percent inflation instead of one percent or zero you percent.
0: Know, the SNB did, in fact, uh, cut interest rate to minus uh, three quarters of a percent, minus seventy-five uh, basis points, and. It, it, That, I think, is is striking because other central banks, for instance, the Federal Reserve, uh, were not willing to adopt negative interest rates. But in in a sense, uh, the S&B actually was willing to do what it had to do, given that it ran inflation so so low. Are, Are negative interest rates not seen as a problem by the public in Switzerland?
1: Absolutely. Uh, I think many people find it odd that interest rates should be negative. I think we have all learned something. Uh, We were talking about, uh, there was a term called zero lower bound before. We now call it effective lower bound because we know that the lower bound is not at 0%. So moderately negative interest rates seem to be possible for extended periods of time but uh, it, it's 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 highly you know it's it's not a it's not something that that people like to pay interest on their on their bank deposits and uh, I feel that the SMB was I mean they did that but they were probably uneasy and eager to get back to to positive territory
0: but uh, I mean would you say that I mean people do not like negative interest rates, but would you say that it's really a problem for the economy? In the public debate, people have argued that this leads to a misallocation of capital. They have argued it causes asset price uh, bubbles and essentially that it is an aberration, something that we should not ever have.
1: Sure. So um yeah, I mean there there are investors who are who have sort of a of a of a nominal target if you think of pension funds they very often have a nominal return target and whenever the market interest rate is below that nominal return target they might uh, they might uh, you know hunt for yield search for yield this can lead to all sorts of of uh, bubbly effects I don't think, personally, I don't think it's, it's the sign of the interest rate that makes this happen. It's simply the very low level of the interest rate that has led to that. In my mind, there is no significant difference between plus 0.5 and, and negative 0.5 interest rate, but I, I, for, for, many, for man, many people, psychologically, there seems to be a difference.
0: Let's talk a little bit about the the, the broader conception of, uh, of of Swiss National Bank SNB uh, uh, policy. So you mentioned that they had an, an objective for uh, for inflation. Um, many central banks uh, adopted between the late nineteen uh, eighties and the and around the year two thousand inflation targeting frameworks with a, with an objective, very often a, a, a point objective of inflation of 2%, um, and with that came a number of, of other things. For instance, many of them had monetary policy committees. They had um, uh, interest rates set uh, by a committee that non, in many cases, uh, for instance, in the United Kingdom, also had outside members. Uh, uh, they're involved in setting interest rates. There were talk about uh, uh, the importance of transparency, releasing forecasts and so on. I think the Bank of England um, was also one of the key players. How would you describe SMB policy? Is it inflation targeting or is it something
1: else? Well, I would say that it is broadly consistent with inflation targeting, The 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 although the SMB might uh, disagree with that statement. Uh, the SMB is targeting medium-term inflation, and medium term inflation expectations essentially so they make an inflation forecast they make themselves an inflation forecast and try to to uh, to to change their policy instruments so that the inflation forecast is in an, is in the acceptable range um the the way the smb performs monetary policy is very different from how the 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 fed or the bank of england do it so for instance there is no monetary policy there is no involvement of of outsiders in fact the internal management of the central bank the board is also the committee that decides on monetary policy so there is no distinction between the business side of the bank and the policy side of the bank there is also a lot of secrecy. Uh, the, 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 the meetings are I mean, there are no minutes of the meeting being published. Um, the SMB also makes it a habit not to explain in any detail how they reach a conclusion. They don't don't explain uh, the options that were considered but not uh, taken. So all in all the SMB operates more or less as a black box.
0: Many people here in Switzerland would say that the s b s record, as you said, is in fact very strong. It has achieved low and stable inflation historically, even going back to the nineteen seventies. Uh, and I think some people here would argue that that's really all that matters. Uh What is your uh, perspective on that?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, there is no doubt in my mind that the SMB has done a decent job, but uh, as I mentioned in the beginning, I don't think it's a very robust setup to to let um, such an important institution simply do what it does without any effective oversight. I mean, after all, the central bank is one of the most important actors of economic policy making and simply from for democratic reasons it's important that the public be involved and it's also you know yes it's true the smb is is uh, uh, achieves its goals more or less but uh, that doesn't mean that you can simply allow bad governance you know if su- success is not is not uh, an excuse for in- inadequate governance
0: some people are arguing That it is very hard, in fact, to conduct monetary policy in an extremely open economy such as the Swiss economy. And effectively, monetary policy in these uh, economies, for instance, in Denmark or in Sweden or in Norway and in other countries, uh, essentially involves shadowing some other central bank. And in the case of SMB, people say that the SMB is effectively shadowing Frankfurt. And it does not have too much room for uh, for maneuver. I think the SMB itself would say that that is not true. Its policies are not at all set in Frankfurt. And in fact, would argue it uh, it is a benefit that it's uh, it's not. It has an independent monetary policy. How do you view
1: this debate? I mean, the SMB is very independent from Swiss politics. I think the SMB is much less independent from global financial markets, actually, than it is from Swiss politics. In particular, the uh, the monetary policies of the ECB and the Federal Reserve uh, put constraints on what the SMB can do. But within these constraints, the SMB can still, still choose its inflation target. The SMB would be free to choose a 2% inflation target or a 0% inflation target if it really wants to do that. So it has some sovereignty about that. It also has some sovereignty about how uh, how quickly it wants to smooth the transition from high to low inflation. Essentially, I would say it's not the absolute interest rate that matters in Switzerland. It's more the interest rate differential to the euro and the, and the Fed. In that sense, the SMB has to shadow these central banks, but it can still act on its own. So effectively... Um while well, perhaps
0: the SMB doesn't have uh, uh, or while the Swiss economy is exposed to the same business cycle swings as other economies in the region, the, the euro area in particular, uh, over longer periods of time, you would say it actually has quite a bit of choice because it can set the average inflation rates and it can. Uh, and so, so it's easy to underestimate it. Uh, the, the the ability of the smb to to set its own own policies at the yeah center. i
1: would agree with that yes the smb
0: observatory has been commenting on smb policy now for i think for about for 2 years or or so what are some of the changes that you would like to see on the policy side uh you mentioned that you actually feel that the policy has been quite successful here so so what changes would you like to see, and why would you like to see them?
1: I would appreciate much more openness, transparency, and true accountability of the SMB. Uh, whenever the SMB this des- you know, whenever the SMB decides something that affects us all, I would like to know how they reach that conclusion and what what other uh, options that they did discuss. Uh, this is this information is now not available. Um, one example is when the smb uh, um, lifted the lower bound of the of the exchange rate uh, they had imposed on the exchange rate they lifted that lower bound in 2015 with no explanation really i mean a very vague explanation personally i think that's not acceptable so i would i would want to have much more uh, willingness of the of the smb to truly engage in uh, in uh, in transparency and accountability and um, so i think that's that's probably the most important one the most important thing Um, personally as i also mentioned before i think i personally i would prefer the smb to have a clear point target for inflation the smb keeps arguing that a range is is uh, better because it cannot uh, achieve it cannot guarantee that it will achieve a point target but I think that's a semantic problem here. A target is not something you're, you're, you're supposed to reach perfectly all the time, but it focuses the expectations. By having a range between two and zero, uh, zero and 2%, essentially, I don't know what kind of inflation I, ex- I can expect over the next 10 years. Over the next 10 years, it makes a great deal of difference if I have 0% or 2% annually. If I had a point target, the long-term inflation expectations would be pinned down much more clearly, and I think that would be an advantage. And thirdly, I think it would be much better if the SMB would lend a hand in creating a separate sovereign wealth fund to manage its huge balance sheet, because this balance sheet is really large. It's bigger than annual GDP in Switzerland. The SMB vehemently opposes this, but I would think there would be substantial benefits of doing that.
0: But if we look across the world and if you take a peek at monetary history, there is uh, many sad episodes of central banks uh, financing uh, public spending. I think it's probably fair to say that all episodes of high inflation that we have seen, or sustained high inflation that we have seen, Uh, Have come about because in one way or another uh, The central bank has been involved uh, With financing the public
1: sector would that not be an issue? Sure. I mean, I I don't think it's a very good idea to to use the the central bank as a as a you know for fiscal purposes but at the same time I believe that ultimately all the profits that the S and makes should ultimately be distributed. After all, the S and is part of the the set of public institutions, and uh, there is no really val- uh, any value in hoarding huge amounts of money, or of wealth, and at the same time taxing people. So so it seems to me rather obvious that uh, there is n- there is no real value in in hoarding profits in the central bank this this profit belongs to the public now of course there are ideas of linking smb profits th- directly to particular public goods for instance uh, it has been proposed to explicitly link um, smb profits to the Uh, financing of the national pay-as-you-go system. Uh, That's probably a very bad idea, because it would be politically dangerous. The SMB would be made politically responsible, even if not de jure, but de facto it would be politically responsible for ensuring the solvency of the pension system. And that is, of course, uh, not at all part of the mandate of the SMB. So I would not do that. But the S&B should be distributed into the general budget of the government and then the executive and the legislative branches can decide how to spend it. But, but does
0: not in fact the S&B pay out its profits to the government over time?
1: Yes, it's true. The SMB does of course uh, distribute its, its profit, but the S&B has a lot of um, sovereignty how, how it actually how much profit it reports. Uh, it can keep some of the profit and and not distribute at all. And it, and, uh, and it can it can uh, distribute the rest of it. Um, effectively, what we have found when we studied that, the, the the accounting of the SMB is quite a piece of work to understand when we when we studied that, we realized that the SMB keeps a lot of its profits of its own. It has now amassed uh, about 92 billion uh, profits that are kept away from the public. And, uh, you know, a a better system would be to simply distribute, say, a moving average of the of the profits every year. And uh, if it had done that, it would have distributed four or five times as much of the profits as it has in the past.
0: But is this a question of the SMB actually not paying out
1: the profits, or the SMB
0: paying out the profits with a too long delay?
1: Well, I mean, in the long run, (laughs) we're all dead, as we know. Uh, yes, the delay may be may be infinite. Who knows? I mean the S&B is is uh, is free uh, According to to the to the legal framework to amass reserves as it pleases So so you
0: mentioned a number of times here that the S&B is free to do to do various things uh, How independent is the S&B and furthermore don't we generally think that independence is essential for good monetary policy. High inflation episodes, uh, many people would argue, are in fact associated with
1: central banks lacking independence. Yeah, sure. I mean, the SMB is very independent. And of course, that is a, a good a, a good uh, thing. The independence of the central bank, of the SMB in particular, is due to the provisions of the Constitution and the provisions in the SMB Act independence is important for central banking not just for central banking for several uh, uh, public institutions but also for monetary policy institutions because uh, the political sphere tends to be subject to election cycles it would for instance be not a very good idea to stimulate stimulate the economy every time before an election just to keep uh, the public happy with the incumbent parties Turkey is an example of what can happen when the central bank loses its independence, but there can be also too much independence in the sense um, the S M B is as I mentioned the S M B is and its uh, its uh, policies sometimes viewed as you know untouchable and independence is just a tool and it should be accompanied by. Uh, appropriate accountability so the more independence the more accountability and i feel that this balance is a little off here
0: perhaps turn a little bit, a bit to um, uh, talking about current economic conditions in switzerland and the global economy uh, and so on and so forth first uh, let me ask you much of the uh, of the global economy certainly uh, europe the euro area and the U.S. are suffering from very high inflation rates. In both the Baltic countries we have inflation rates over 20%. The euro area itself has inflation running at around 10% in Switzerland, we're somewhere around 3%. Why is inflation so low in Switzerland, and how important has S&B policy been for keeping inflation so low? Is it largely because of appropriate monetary policy, or are there other factors that play a role in Switzerland?
1: Okay, well, I think um, there are probably three main reasons why inflation is so much lower in switzerland now um, first i mean we all know that the inflation hike was was driven initially by the the rise of fossil fuel prices and fossil fuel fuels uh make up uh, less than half of swiss of the swiss primary energy mix this is much this is significantly less than in other advanced economies so so swiss cpi inflation was hit Significantly less by the hike in oil and gas prices. That's the first reason. Secondly, uh, I was we were surprised to see that. But the administered prices make up about a quarter of Swiss CPI, which is much more than in the EU, for instance, where it's about ten percent. Administered prices tend to react more sluggishly. And they have increased much less now than the market prices so far. So then again, for a quarter of CPI, you have a component that has increased significantly less. And third is the policy of the SMB. The SMB has allowed uh, the Swiss franc to appreciate already before its first uh, interest rate hike in June this year. This already constitutes a tightening of monetary conditions. So, effectively, the SMB was one of the first central banks to step on the brakes when inflation started to rise, and that was very good.
0: Now, how do you think of this sort of evolving uh, in the future? So, in the euro area, there is now clear evidence that the uh, economic activity is slowing, and people are worrying about a a recession is a recession in the euro area seems in fact extremely likely if we're not already in, in the u s similarly um well the u s economy looks stronger perhaps because of more expansion in fiscal policy uh, the Fed is very quickly raising interest rates um, uh, and um, it has increased the uh, interest rates this year by by three hundred basis points so, uh, we're recording this on the thirty first of October and they're going to have another meeting. Next week, and may add another 75 basis points. Uh, so there's been a very, very major tightening of monetary policy in the U.S. And given the lags by which monetary policy operates, it seems plausible that also the U.S. may experience a recession next year, perhaps a milder recession um, uh, than Europe Switzerland is a very small, open economy, trading intensely, certainly with the euro area, also with the US and the the broader global economy. How do you see the Swiss economy evolving over over the next couple of quarters? And how do you think this may play into the... S and is thinking about monetary policy. The S and B will have a monetary policy meeting again in the middle of um, of December.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, if the EU and possibly also the US experience um, a recession, this the Swiss economy will clearly be affected by that, um, and this will this will um, ease the the necessity to to. Um, to tighten monetary policy more. In in addition, actually, as mentioned, the impetus for inflation for this inflation hike was mainly energy prices and some food prices. But um, I mean, one has to say this: these price rises have now um, spread a little bit to other to other groups. So energy is not the only concern anymore. But in Switzerland, interestingly, we, we don't see wages to have uh, been affected so far. In addition, energy prices in the meantime have come down significantly. So um, for for these very reasons, there is there is a there is a possibility of a of a cooling down of the of the real economy in Switzerland due to 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 um, the development of our biggest trading partners and important parts of CPI inflation uh, are coming down. So um, the SMB, I don't know what the SMB will do in December, of course, but there is a possibility that um, the S M B might actually not raise interest in December or only slightly. It could sit down this um, this uh, this uh, interest rate hike, um, especially if energy prices uh, remain low or decline further, and most importantly, if wages remain subdued.
0: Let's talk a little bit about about wages and uh, um, and, and monetary policy. In many countries, uh, there is very often the concern that inflation will trigger um, uh, higher wages and you would have a wage price spirals yeah. yeah. uh, over time and We saw that uh, those types of spirals in many countries, particularly in the 1970s and early 1980s after after the oil after the oil shocks in Switzerland in general, there is relatively little commentary. Uh, uh, about about this and one one has the sense that the smb is less worried about developments in the labor market uh, than than the central bank elsewhere and it's often asserted that this ha- has something to do with labor markets in switzerland being uh, more flexible than elsewhere could could you could you
1: explain this yeah that's uh, probably true we we see uh, less evidence here of um uh, price-wage spirals in the Swiss economy, and uh, the reason is probably that the Swiss labor market, Swiss labor legislation, is uh, relatively uh, libertarian. Um, uh, I mean, you know, unions have uh, some some influence, of course, and the, their influence has probably been growing over the last uh, two decades or so, um, and. Uh, the the public sphere is also being growing and uh, these wages may be more prone to, to you know to uh, to centralized um, uh, bargaining. So maybe this will change in the future, but so far, it is true that uh, the linkage between price inflation and wage inflation has been, particularly weak in this country
0: and that's helpful for the uh, for the s and
1: that's uh, certainly helpful yes because a, a price wage spiral is is uh, painful to bring on the control right because then you really have to institute a recession to bring wages down and then prices down this is painful for everyone
0: so i think that pretty much ends ends our discussion here thank you very much uh, Ivan Lengweiler Uh, for this interesting discussion about monetary policy in Switzerland and the Swiss National Bank and the way it differs from central banks uh, elsewhere.
1: Thank you very much Stefan for having me.